everyone, it's Maggie and Ellie and you're listening to Grown Ups The Podcast. Welcome back to Grown Ups The Podcast. This week's episode we're doing something slightly different. We've actually got a guest here. Yes, guys, the idea is that we'll bring you flavours from different careers. I mean, we're corporate girls, but people are way more exciting than us. So... So our first guest is someone who works in cabin crew for an airline. So welcome to our podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Do we want to start with how we all know each other? Yes, go on. Yes. So basically, we all went to the University of Leicester. Mm -hmm. Um, Maggie and Ellie already mentioned prior. And I'm not going to lie, I also got in through clearing. You did. I feel like our whole year, dude. We're giving Leicester such a yeah. bad take all the rejects. <laughs> Honestly, and it it definitely wasn't my first choice either. And mm-hmm. I feel like the first year was like a cultural shock, and then the second and third year, I ended up loving it because I met you guys and like now look at us. Something that's really interesting about you is you actually came from abroad. So how was that coming from a different country into cold, cold UK? Like, what were the sort of culture shocks that you experienced? Oh, my gosh. I was actually speaking about it today um, with a girl on my flight because uh, she's from Sheffield. And I was telling her, like, first of all, the cold, because when I saw the brochures and how they sell the universities, you don't see winter rain you don't see snow it's always people sitting on the grass I never saw one person sitting on our grass in Leicester never (laughs) never and that's what I thought it was because they sold like they sold me like the American like university life where people were like you know having picnics on the grass during lunch and then I came and I was like oh this is not it this is definitely not it. No. Yeah. A lot of people say as well, the darkness. Like my manager's from um, abroad as well. And he's like, when he came to the UK, it was the darkness. It's so depressing. Yeah. No, it, it is. It, and the cold. Because mm-hmm. I'm used to like, you know, every day just going outside. But in the UK, I do want to go outside. In my first years, especially, like, you know, even going grocery shopping, that was a chore to me. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, do I really have to? Like, why? On yes. top of everything, on top of being homesick, on top of like living alone for the first time, on top of having to budget my money and being like, oh, UK is quite expensive. Like, yeah. buying yeah. an avocado and a mango is like a luxury. Okay, so why why did you choose geography, though? Like, why that degree? Oh, my gosh. Basically, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I still don't. I'm still in that dilemma. So I was like, I'm just going to go with something I enjoy. At the time, it was geography. I was good at it. I think it's it's definitely the subject I did the best during A-levels. And I was like, yeah, this was meant for me. So I will stick to that. But what I hated most, was you know when it comes closer to graduation and you have to like you know do uni applications and everything and your teachers are asking like oh where are you applying to what course and I'm like geography and they're like what do you want to be with geography what can you do with geography and I'm like 
to be honest, I didn't know. I didn't even know yeah. there was like careers that geography could lead in. Like I was just like, I'm gonna do this and then I'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Did you no. feel like even in like your culture, you needed a degree to do well? Because I always felt like I had to have a degree to succeed. Yeah. It was it was not an option. Like it wasn't. Yeah. No, that that is exactly how I felt, which is why I feel like so many people do these random degrees. Like geography is fairly random. Well, for me it was, but actually yeah. it take you anywhere. Legit, you could, well not anywhere, but you can do a lot of things. Yeah. So we've come to realize now, but <laughs> if you ask me this, like, because now I have like real life examples of like you guys, other people we studied with, like, it's not so random because I actually know there's possibilities, but I feel like for someone who's in like A levels now. And is planning to study geography. I doubt they know what they're heading into. Like, yeah. And you know what? We got to go to a whole Colombia on this degree. Like that was mad. I look back at that now, and I'm like, how crazy! Like two weeks where we basically had no phones. We yeah. didn't really know the rest of the group. Like we all got to know each other. Oh, it was mad. It was mad. Even yeah. the Spanish trip, like Al Maria. That when I look back at the pictures, the landscape was amazing. I'll never see something like that again. Probably not. Yeah, I won't go back again, but absolutely, it was great. <laughs> How did you choose to be cabin crew? Like, when did that cross your mind that that was even a possibility? Basically, I was on Instagram, just on my phone, you know, as one does in uni, still to this day. Um, and to this day. And I saw an ad and it just popped up and it was like, um, come to the open days nearest to the nearest to you and Lester was one of them and I was like hmm so I clicked on the link yeah and I looked at the dates and it was literally three days from when I opened the ad and I was like interesting and at that time I was like yeah I need to start like you know applying for jobs and everything so I was like I'll go because the minimum requirement was you had to be 21 years of age and at the time I was 20 so I was like I'll go I know I won't get it, but I'm just going as practice. Mm -hmm. Love that. Right? And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I didn't even have anything to wear. So I looked at like, because they give you like um, a format, a template of like, you know, what you should come as. And it was like uh, black skirt, stockings, uh, shirt, hair tied neatly, everything. So I, I went to Primark. I bought my heels. I, I bought my skirt, my stockings. I, I didn't even wear stockings in uni. Like, who wears stockings? I was like, this is so foreign. Um, <laughs> we just clarify, not the sexy stockings, tights. Tights. <laughs> yeah, because oh, there's the sexy stockings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Tights. The one, the nude ones. The ones the color of your skin. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I, I went, did my CV, like, threw in whatever I could. I was like, with the experience I have, this is what we're going with. And yeah, I got there and they sold it to me actually. Mm. So when I got there, they started like saying like, oh, this is how it's going to be. Um, this is what you should expect. Um, look at the, they were also saying like, you can grow in your career, right? Mm -hmm. So you can move from uh economy to business to first class and then become a supervisor or something or 
they were even saying you could like study a, a degree and then go into like HR or like management or something completely different to do with aviation. So I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I got through the stages because now I was like, oh, I really, I really like this actually. So I'm gonna try. And I remember going to the lady when she uh because we all had to go individually like present our CVs and kind of like sell ourselves. And I remember telling her, I was like, so I just want you to know I'm 20 and I know the minimum requirement is 21, but I'm still um studying at the moment and I'm gonna be 21 in like three months. So if you just give me the opportunity and everything, by the time you finish recruiting, I would have turned 21. And if I do get through to the final stage, I would love to get the job. And oh. I don't know, they gave me a chance. You actually ended up at a different job, right? So you actually did a whole different... This girl has switched careers, guys. So talk yeah. us through that because a little pandemic ruined your plans. <laughs> <laughs> so... I was planning to miss my graduation, my university graduation, to go and start my new job. Because I said, as soon as I turn 21, I'm gonna go. Yes, so that, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so I was meant to go in May and they, they had kind of, um, they were sending me the forms and everything so I, I could start my visa process and everything. And then COVID happened. And so I went back home and they sent out emails being like, oh, um, we're sorry to let you know that you won't be joining during the time you thought you'd join. However, don't be disheartened. You're still gonna be able to join. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just not right now. We're gonna wait for this to like blow over. Cause everyone at the time thought COVID was something that was gonna be temporary. Like, you know, like, yeah. And then it got, after lockdown and everything they started laying off people and mm -hmm. obviously we were the first ones to get the email that you know we don't really need people and then after that they started making people redundant and everything so that's when I kind of realized like you know I actually hadn't like thought of anything outside of being a cabin crew now because now this was what I wanted to do like I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna love traveling and seeing the world and mm. I felt like oh that would have suited me so well I don't see myself in a different job like I don't even have the passion to look for something else mm. ah so there I was and I started applying to accounting jobs and like business management jobs and it was clear that I wasn't a fit for them it was clear I wasn't passionate about them because when I went to the interviews, there was one I even got as far as going to the third interview. There was like five. I got to the third interview and and they asked us, they asked us like um, something about bonds. Oh. And you know, people have studied about this, you know? And they said, um, create a presentation about I don't know how you would market these bonds to a group of university students <laughs> if you were trying to sell our product. And I was like, what? <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you. Bye. I said, no, it's really bad. I said, 
the way I would raise awareness to university students about bonds and the products, host a beauty pageant. And the winner would get bonds. <laughs> I would have given you the job. You know what? You said the box. I'm going to step outside of it. <laughs> I know this was during COVID times, but um, Tanzania was not in lockdown. Yeah. She was partying it up. She was not in lockdown. <laughs> Must be nice. No, but this means these interviews were in person. Oh. oh and wow. I was saying beauty pageants <laughs> facing, and this is the third interview out of five. So it means like we've gotten to the place where we're meeting head of direct, I mean, uh, head of departments. Mm -hmm. Girl. Yeah, that's actually sad. You can't even shut your laptop and like, shake it off like you're actually there in person sweating oh <laughs> but then you did end up getting a job so then what did you end up doing in the end in Tanzania oh yeah um so actually this is how my degree came into play um so I ended up like doing an internship at a farm mm -hmm. um and then from that I was given another internship at a agricultural company and I was placed in the sustainability department. Hmm. And after the three months, they kept me on. And at that point I'd been working for like seven months hmm. and they were gonna offer me a full contract, but then, you know, um, my new job now as a cabin crew kind of got back to me to be like, hey, are you still interested? Like the world is kind of like opening up now, so travel is you know is getting eased like borders border restrictions are getting better and I remember this was one of the hardest decisions I've had to make in my life like ever picking a job feels so like finite is it that word is that the word finite finite like like um fight like final like it's yeah because once you pick yeah. it you're like, oh my God, this is it for forever now. Like once I climb up the ladder in this career, I'm done. There's no moving. Boom. It's so scary. Ellie, I remember you went through this dilemma in uni, actually. Yeah, I was picking between public and private sector and I cried. Guys, I've never cried so many tears as I did picking that, like picking which role to do. It's so scary. I don't feel like we're very well educated, like in terms of, I don't know, picking a job at all. No, not at all. So obviously, what are your views on like, um, obviously you've said they taught you a bit about progression and where you can go, but in terms of progression as cabin crew and then progression as like in the agricultural firm, did you feel like that job was more stable? And if so, did you feel like you were judged for picking the other one and like taking risks? 100%. The um, agricultural company was for sure more stable just because it did, it doesn't really get affected by many external factors like you know what I mean the product that they were selling is something people are gonna need regardless of a pandemic or not you know yeah. um and they kind of not guaranteed but insinuated that they kind of needed someone in sustainability and since I had the geography background and not many people have that background in geography or sustainability or anything of that field because, you know, they didn't study it. 
they were like, your progression is going to be fairly quickly, you know? And I remember my boss at the time was even shocked. He was like, why do you want to do this? Like, yeah, you have a very good like future and path ahead of you. And I'm kind of guaranteeing that, you know? But I still wasn't convinced. I remember I was crying for two weeks straight. Like, I'd yeah. go home, I'd tell my dad, I'm like, okay, no, I'm staying. I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying. And then I come back during lunch break and he's like, how's work? And I'm like, no, I need to go. I need to go because this, I'm, this is a small town. This is where I grew up. I need to see the world. I need to meet new people, make connections, you know? This can't be my beginning and my end, you know? Like, oh, my heart. That's so deep. Right? And him? And my dad was a bit on the fence about it because he was like, he's a bit more conservative because he's like, you want to take a calculated risk. And this isn't a calculated risk because you don't know if COVID is going to come back again. And if it does, you can't get this job back. I hope you know that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. And then my mom, my mom was like, you have to go. You have to go. Like, who's even in this town that you're going to marry? Like, who knows who you meet? Like, I'm, like my mom's a little bit wild. Even in her business decisions, decision, she's definitely more, like, free. And so I definitely slept, woke up, dreamt about it like repeat at the time I was 22 I was like I'm 22 years old I'm gonna do this this part of my life doesn't define me there's people who graduate when they're like you know 25 mm -hmm. and yeah, start a whole career then mm -hmm. I could do this for a couple of years see how it goes and from there I could do a master's because that's something I never did I never did a master's because I didn't know what to specialize in so I was like three years, four years, however many years, two years gives me plenty of time to like think about things and like, you know, kind of figure myself out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I like the sound of that. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. No, I was so happy when you made that decision because I remember we, us, us three talking about it and you were so stressed about it. And I was like on your mom's side as well. Like, I just think it's such an amazing, like, incredible opportunity and look at you now this girl is literally I don't know what country she's in at any time she could be in I don't know Thailand or South Africa like it's crazy and I love it for you well I'm actually in Switzerland right now filming this and I feel like it's such a perfect fit for me at the moment and the stage I am in my life because then I get discounted tickets as well to, you know, visit other places. And I've always wanted to travel. And I'm like, this is great. And when it stops being great, okay, we can regroup, you know, re-strategize, and then we can go from there. Yeah. I think people are going to take anything away from this one pod episode. It's like, take every day as it comes. Me too, I'm guilty of it. Like, looking so far in the future. I'm like, if I make this decision today, how will it impact me in 10 years? Who cares? Like, who actually cares? Can you just calm down? And like, I'm so glad you were brave to change careers because now you can see, well, you can do it again. You did it once, you can do it again. Like, and it, this is such a sweet, sweet spot in our lives at the moment where like 
we are quite young we don't have kids responsibilities per se um but even if you do like my parents just moved to a whole new city and at their big age you know like you can definitely start afresh whenever you feel like you need to and I feel like it will be better for you in the long run um but how was the training to be cabin crew like what did they train you because I feel like you have to know a lot like even like terrorism threats and stuff like that like how was the training the training was actually quite intense and then yearly we have to do like exams to kind of like revisit everything and just keep everything fresh and I'm not going to lie I didn't expect it to be as intense as it was and they have like a really good training facility and everything but like just to touch up on kind of the basics you obviously learn about like the aircraft the equipment but then you also go into like the medical side and first aid side like what to do when someone's having like a heart attack someone's giving birth like things like that and I was like I didn't actually think my job entailed any of this you know um what to do like during a security breach or like hijacking stuff like that you know and I was like you know a lot of people have the misconception that our our job is to, you know, serve chicken or beef. It is very much service focused, but our priority and the reason that we are on board is actually for the safety reasons mm-hmm. and not the service. Service mm-hmm. is definitely a huge part of it, but the number one before anything is the safety. Like before I even got onto an aircraft, our training was for two months. Yeah, before actually getting onto an actual aircraft and then you're in probation for six months I'm not gonna lie every time my exams come when they're nearing up I'm like oh my gosh because the booklet they give is like this thick there's a lot of things to learn it's like a dictionary a dictionary of every single thing and you kind of have to like you know absorb what you think is important and everything but everything's important so Oh, you're giving me anxiety just thinking about it. When I tell you, yeah, I could never ever do a career that requires persistent training, like constant exams. <laughs> okay, so on a more positive note, what would you say is like the best? And then on a less positive note, the worst or the not so glamorous parts of the job? Because I always see like cabin crew is super glamorous. Like you guys look pretty fancy. Yeah, you guys walking through the airport. I'm like, oh, they're like super cars. Sis, tell us about wearing heels on long haul flights, please. How? Okay, I got you. I got you. All right. Um, So actually the not so glamorous, that's the perfect word to use. Because what it's advertised as versus the reality sometimes is very different. So I think the best part that everyone can agree with is 100% traveling the world, meeting new people. Because some people I've flown with have met their husbands on board, have met their business partners on board. Like, yeah, you never know. And I think the not so glamorous is, you know, all these behind the scenes, like the medical cases and it's, waking up at random times your body clock having to adjust 
to different time zones. Like this morning, I had to get up at 4 a.m. And my next flight, I'll have to get up at a different time. So I have to sleep at a different time. So I really don't have a schedule, mm-hmm. you know? And so that is the not so glamorous part, not having a schedule. Like the schedule is set for you and you kind of have to work around that mm-hmm. on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So how often in advance do you know what your like month or next couple of weeks are going to look like? A month. They give you a month uh kind of noticed schedule we were talking about the other day like expressing yourself at work and stuff but you guys have to like you have your set uniform do you have to wear your yeah. hair a certain way how does that work yeah so you have to technically be neat your hair has to be a certain way because they they try to keep like a standard so yeah. we kind of all look the same if you look at us to be honest in a lineup we all look the same because of our uniform but then once we get to like our layovers and stuff, when we're like, oh, let's go down for dinner and everything. And then people are like, oh, you have curly hair. And I'm like, oh, you have like this. And they're like, I didn't even recognize that it was you. Like, I couldn't even tell. It's actually crazy. And then the heels on the flight thing. So it's optional. The high heels are only for the airport. So we literally change our shoes. And then we have, yeah, like, a shorter heel, which you can wear on the flight, and then a completely flat one. I've never noticed. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And another thing on long-haul flights, because I get this question a lot. I don't know if you guys knew, but on, like, long-haul flights, anything, like, let's say, seven hours and above, maybe above seven hours, um, we actually have bunk beds, so we get to take a nap. No. Yeah. What? It depends on the aircraft, but there's like a room with like bunk beds. It could be, yeah, above or underneath. It de- it depends on the aircraft. Wow. Oh my God. So when my food is late, it's because they're taking a nap. No, <laughs> That's so cool. How is it traveling the world, but having a man? Like, how do you make long distance work? Yeah, I'm attached to my man by the hip like oh my god well since we know me I think I'm oh. I'm quite good at long distance loves a long distance yeah. relationship it's not that I so love it. it's not that I love it it's just that that's how it's happened like you know but at the moment we're we're really trying to make it work and it doesn't feel too long because as well as I feel like both of us are trying to like you know settle into our careers because he also started working not too long ago like you know so we're all quite in the same age group so we're trying to figure ourselves out like grow and all of that so we don't want to be like attached by the hip not that we don't want to be we don't have the choice if my roster is set up nicely. I'll have like five days off in a row where I just have days off. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to travel in those days off. As long as I can make my next flights and have my proper rest and everything, mm-hmm. I can travel. So mm-hmm. I go home for like four days and then come back on the fourth day. And then I see him there or he comes and visits me. And also we fly to my home country 
So we'll have like a 24 hour, 48 hour layover there. And I get to see him, which is also great. If you take anything from this part of the episode is if he wanted to, he would. He would. I would congratulate him most on being able to communicate using my time zone. Mm. Love that. Because, yeah, we have to remember sometimes I land at ridiculous hours, but he's always like, as soon as you land and get to the hotel, call me, say hi, tell me about your flights. And in the morning, before I leave for a flight, no matter what time it is, like today I woke up at 4 a.m., called him, wished me a safe flight, said I love you, popped onto my flight. Oh, Sometimes how- I'm in Mexico, he's in Tanzania. Sometimes I'm in Sao Paulo, he's in Tanzania. The time zone is crazy. But we, like, I think that's the part where I'm like, I think he likes me. <laughs> I think he does too, because <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I love, that is, guys, oh, that is relationship goals. That is so sweet. No, that is very sweet. Um, On the note of like relationships, I guess, how do you find it making friends? Because you're always on the go. You're like in Dubai a few, like where you actually, where your base is, you're not there that often. So how do you find making friends and when you're traveling and stuff like that? I think that's honestly the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Because like all my friends that I made in the beginning when I was like, um doing my training and everything because we're all in the same place having the same schedule it was so easy and it felt great and we were you know meeting up and everything but now it's impossible because we all have different schedules you know and like you can meet one person but meeting as a group is impossible it's actually impossible like it's ridiculous I was going to say, what advice would you give to people starting a new job, either in a new town, city, country, whatever? Like, what advice would you give to them to making new friends and stuff like that? Like, make, helping them to feel at home? I think get a hobby. But I'm saying this and I haven't started. But the best thing, no, it's really hard because when you don't have a schedule, you just don't know how to plan your week your month your day like my grocery store trips are the funniest thing I can't even do a weekly shop I have to do like a two-day shop Mm. or like a a day shop or I just order out like I'm like I'm here for the night like why the heck am I doing a shop but my advice would be definitely get hobbies or join societies sports clubs anything that you're interested in because then you meet like-minded people and once you have something in common already it's easier to make relationships and friendships so yeah what is actually what is your favorite country that you visited so far I'm gonna give you my top three okay Mm -hmm. so my absolute favorite is Bali Indonesia Guys, that place has my heart. Honestly, 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 everyone has to go. Everyone has to go. It's just, it's so different. You know, it's so serene and the people are so 
genuine and nice and you can feel the sincerity like even when they're talking to you like oh first my second place would be definitely Bangkok Thailand mm -hmm. I have a friend there so whenever I go there I meet her and she shows me around but the food the vibes as well like the nightlife but not only the nightlife like you go out at night and massage places are open like it's crazy it's it's actually like it's a crazy place it's a place you can't dream about you have to go see it to believe it you know sky scanner real quick <laughs> <laughs> no honestly and then my third place would be mexico love that all very warm places for people that's to inspire people you know if they've listened to you and they're like oh my god this is the career for me what advice would you give them when applying to cabin crew roles or even roles in the airport, like you said about HR and stuff? Um, I think a big thing that they prioritize is teamwork mm. because you're going to be working with so many different people. There's a lot of moving parts. You're not only going to have your department, no matter what department you work with, mm -hmm. you're going to interact on a deeper level with another department, no matter what. You're going to have to meet someone. So teamwork is number one. Number two, I would say respect for sure. They don't really like, you know, even if you're like the boss of someone, you still have to have like that same level of respect. And, and I think my biggest advice would be you have to motivate yourself. You have to give yourself a reason as to why you're waking up, especially as a cabin crew, why you're waking up at 2 a.m., you know? Why are you going to bed at 7 a.m. when people are getting up? Why you're going to miss people's birthdays? Why are you going to miss weddings? Because those are things that happen. So you have to give yourself a valid enough reason other than just, you know, seeing the world, which is nice, but... After you've seen the world, let's say you've traveled to a few countries and now you're going to them multiple times, like what keeps you going? You know, what? what's your reason for the job apart from, you know, kind of like the outer layer things. So what's your yeah. reason? Mine? Yeah. The money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my bag. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> listen if you, you're Nothing lying if you say you don't see inspirational quotes just to be like a money motivated no but these are things you can't really say during an interview and stuff but I'm just being honest mm -hmm. this sure. is the reason I wake up at 4am it's not because I want to go see another country that's but although this yeah huh no, yeah, the coin needs to be earned. Like, you're lying if you got that job because you, you're so passionate. Like, of course, yeah, maybe you like it, but you need the money, you know? Your life needs to be lived. <laughs> no, I have a question. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I think my question would be, what advice would you give me if two years from now, I'm trying to change my career and get into corporate? Because I only had experience with the corporate world for like seven months. 
Um, girl, corporate would eat you alive. Like they would love to have someone like you because you're well traveled. I think the biggest thing that when I was doing my internship, the one thing that this guy said to me, the my supervisor, he said, "Yeah, you can have all the qualifications, but it's really your your actual character that will keep you there and make you go further." And the fact that you're so well-traveled and you have to engage with people all the time, like they would love that. They'd absolutely love that. Like, I don't think you'd struggle at all, honestly. I completely agree. I think take risks. Like if for anyone, if you want to change your career path, just fucking do it. Don't sit there and just stay in a role that you're unhappy in, unless obviously there are obstacles in the way, but just do it. And also any role that you've been into, unless it's qualifications that are holding you back, you will have transferable skills. You just need to play on them, especially being cabin crew. Like when you said, you've met people from all over the world, like people that you know how to handle, talk to, communicate with will be so diverse. Oh, yeah, they'll fucking love you. Um, Yeah, and you're, you're a hard worker. Like you're happy to wake up at mad hours for your job, change your lifestyle, your whole lifestyle for your job. Like, yeah. I think you'll be just fine. Yeah. And you've done it once before, you can do it again. Brilliant. All right, then. I feel like, as I say every week, that is a wrap. Yes, it is a wrap. I can't believe we just interviewed our first guest. It's so exciting. I know, guys, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, Girl, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing insights into like your career path, how you got there. Yeah, how you're doing, your fears and your favorite things. Like, it's, it's been lovely. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. And I just want to tell you guys, I'm really proud of you guys for starting this because you know it's never too late and it's never too early to start so I'm really proud and I can't wait till it blows up so I can show my kids I'll be like yep I was on that interview <laughs> look at me Thanks. yeah this is exciting guys if you have any um work or life related stories dilemmas or questions Send them in, please, to grownupsthepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, message us on Instagram at grownupsthepodcast. Bye.